The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pick Six Podcast. It is Thursday, October. Th- oh, spooky! It's Halloween. Incredible. Uh, this is this Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. Um, we got ten shows this week because of the trade deadline. Fantasy stuff today. We'll have the Thursday night recap this evening, and of course the uh, I don't want to say our flagship program, but maybe it is the Picks Podcast on uh, Friday as well. You know, if you call something the the flagship program, it insinuates that whatever program you're on right now is not said flagship, which I suppose would insult both Heath Cummings and Brian McFadden. I, you guys don't care, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay, Heath cares. <laughs> uh, what's up, fellas? How you doing? What's up? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Uh, trade deadline has passed. Reminder that you can, however, continue to get advice from us. Download, subscribe, leave a five star review on Apple Podcast. We will answer those questions. You can ask about fantasy strategy. You could ask about BMAC's favorite, uh, favorite moment from college if you wanted. We'll, we'll veer from fantasy. You could ask him, um, what you can ask BMAC anything. Yes, Heath anything. You ask him how he grows that luxurious mustache of his. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you feel inclined to do. Uh, several terrible teams are on by the Falcons and the Bengals, although they're, at least the Falcons are fantasy relevant. The Rams and the Saints. That's gonna sting for a lot of people in fantasy leagues. This is a tough week, Heath, to try and manage your fantasy roster. I have found that even for teams where I have like a lot of deep talent, I'm facing some fairly large crises, crises when it comes to my roster. I have three or four different teams where every player on my bench is on a buy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like everybody. And a couple where like the, the, I think the player that's really, really difficult this week is AJ Green because you've been holding him for two months. He's not playing this week. We think he's coming back next week to catch passes from a backup rookie quarterback and you've got five players on a buy. Tough sled. I had to decide between dropping. Like I literally, it was either I had to drop one of these three players or I had to play an empty spot, like an empty spot. You're not going to do that. Um, AJ Green, Chase Edmonds, or Daryl Henderson? Drop Chase Edmonds. That's what I did. Actually, uh, yeah, that is, that is what I did. I dropped Chase Edmonds for somebody terrible. Uh, BMAC, do you have any, uh, roster issues you're battling? this week uh not right now um 
when I look at okay, let's because I've been I'm in a part I'm a part of three leagues and I won all three last week and nice. I'm seven and one and one. So looking at my lineup right now, I think the biggest concern I have in this lineup is my quarterback play. And I'm forced to go with Kirk Cousins because Matt Ryan is on a bye. And granted, Matt Ryan didn't play last week. And then in, the, in this same lineup, guys, I had to start Tevin Coleman because Mark Ingram was on a bye. And we all know what Tevin Coleman did last week. So um, I, I think the biggest concern I have, and I, I need some help from you guys, some advice, hmm. the wide receiver positions, right? I have Odell Beckham Jr. slated to start again and Allen Robinson. And on my bench, I have, of course, Adam Thielen, not knowing his status, and Tyrell Williams. Now, last week, I decided not to start Tyrell Williams in this league because I wanted to see exactly could he make it through a four-quarter ball game, and he actually, once again, got into the end zone. And Allen Robinson gave me a dud, and Odell gave me a dud as well. So looking at my two wide receivers that I have slated to start, if Adam Thielen is not clear to go, should I insert Tyrell into the lineup and maybe remove Robinson or Odell? I'm not removing Allen Robinson. I think he's going to have a very big week. He's a top 12 wide receiver for me this mm. week. Uh, good matchup for Bears pass catchers against an Eagles defense that just does not cover anyone. I, it's really, really close for me between Tyrell Williams and Odell Beckham. I, in non-PPR, I've got Williams higher. In half PPR, I've got Williams higher. In full PPR, I've got Beckham just a couple of spots above Tyrell, but I would not, like, I, I still might consider if I had those two starting Tyrell Williams over Beckham in any format. What does, uh, Baker Mayfield's outburst against, uh, Tony Grossi do for your outlook on the Browns? Does it make you, I mean, like, does it make you like the Browns more or make you like the Browns less this week? He's got to stay in the pocket when he's under pressure. He keeps leaving the pocket early. And, uh, get it? Wasn't that good? You didn't even laugh. Was that, oh, did I, wait, did I, uh, was I, I didn't, I, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, it's all right. It's, you can just edit that out later. Um, was, I, it, was yeah. that, was that the question that Tony Grossi asked him? Cause I was trying to, I was trying to bring it up. Uh, no, it was it, like Tony Grossi was putting pressure on him and he just escaped the pocket instead uh, of standing uh, tall. Oh, he did, he did. Okay. So, um, by the way, the, uh, the, the, the guys at RotoWare already created a Jesus Tony shirt, which is beyond incredible. Um, and, uh, it, it made, it reminded me when he did that, uh, of, of the thing of the, the time when, um, Peyton Manning screamed, God damn it, Donald at Donald Brown, because, uh, do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? No. You've never seen that <laughs> clip? You've never seen that clip? I will text. No, you've never seen it? I don't recall. No. So it's like an old, it's an old like NFL clip. And, um, he, uh, t- Donald Brown blows the protection and somehow the mic picks up Peyton Manning scrambling away from a defender and like slow motion Peyton Manning moves. And he goes, God damn it, Donald. <laughs> it's, hold on. I'll, I'll play it for you in a second. But first, let me, uh, let me see if I can play this Baker Mayfield, uh, discussion here. Running. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. You want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Were you happy with that drive? Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Baker Mayfield said he's, as he stormed off. Um, and then this was, uh, this is the, this is the, from, uh, this is Peyton Manning back in like. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
it kind of makes me laugh every time. He's just so furious that Donald Brown blew the block. Anyway, B- uh, Baker Mayfield, that's just me trying to trying to poorly try to flex my muscles on my newfound soundboard ability uh, that I hooked up with my computer. Um, I feel like the Browns might go off this week. Mm. I mean, they got a they got a nice matchup against the Broncos, right? I mean, we all thought almost every defender in the Broncos team potentially could get traded. <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you let me let me ask you about that, Bmac. What? Because I mean, I've never been on a professional football team when we find out that everybody is going to get traded. What's your, what would be your reaction if you were still on the Broncos or still on the Jets? Are you like, are you like, man, F this, what are we doing here? Or are you like, all right, you know, we got to rally up now that the trade deadlines pass and everybody stuck around. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's your reaction knowing that the team was thinking about trading everybody and just stripping down the, the team for pieces? I think that kind of, you know, would force you to look into the mirror because if you were winning, Everything was positive. You know, good teams usually are not aggressive during trade around a trade deadline because if it's not broke, why you're trying to fix it? So I think, you know, that was basically it's like a come to Jesus moment. Like, listen, we all have we all need to do better. We haven't done better. And I think going forward, if we're able to remain in this locker room, let's let's change. Let's change the atmosphere. And who, who let, let's wait and see exactly how things work out for some of the teams that were supposed to be very, very aggressive uh, uh, this week during trading, uh, doing the trade deadline. I think I think the Broncos just need to find an answer at the quarterback position and the offensive line needs to perform better. Um, that That's their biggest issue. And defensively, they still got some players. Right. I mean, you still got Von Miller. You still got Chris Harris. You got you got Wolf. You got some guys that can play ball. But I think one side usually affects the other. And when your offense is just so inconsistent, eventually, you know, that starts to take a toll on the, on the defense. Hmm. So I kind of like the, kind of like the, uh, Browns and like the Browns have to go win. Heath. They have to go win this game. They're two and five and they're playing Brandon Allen on the other side of the ball. Yeah. I, I just, it's very easy to see a lot of different ways that the Browns do win that Without. don't involve Odell Beckham having a good day against Chris Harris. That's fair. Because Almost no one has had a good day against Chris Harris. Um, I could see them coming in and running the ball with Nick Chubb 25 times and Chubb not fumbling twice and just having a monster day. And then the defense gets a pick six off Brandon Allen. It's kind of a quiet day for the passing offense. Um, okay, fair enough. I suppose that could happen. I don't know where we got to. I was just trying to do the... Um Oh yeah. Anyway, that's uh, B Max B Max situation. So what he's saying is in PPR or uh, half point PPR, non PPR, half point PPR. Start Tyrell Williams, uh, and then watch Odell Beckham get shattered by Chris Harris, and you'll feel better about it. Thursday night, <laughs> there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of situations to deal with. Who do you feel comfortable with starting on Thursday night, Heath? There are two must starts. You're starting Tevin Coleman, no matter which other 49ers running back starts. And you guys all know now that it's been a very frustrating experience on Wednesday. Every hour, a new report comes out about a different 49ers running back that might play in the game. <laughs> if, I think they're all going to play now, but Tevin mm-hmm. Cole is the one you start. And George Kittle, obviously, is the must start. I I kind of feel okay about Kenyon Drake as a high-end flex just because they don't really have any other running backs besides Zach Zinner. And there have been... like. Adrian Peterson had 80 rushing yards against this defense. It's possible to have an okay day. Drake will be involved in the passing game. So he, he's a, he would be my third favorite. Then you get down to Christian Kirk, who did have a lot of good volume. 
I'm just about done with Larry Fitzgerald. I'd prefer Emmanuel Sanders to Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he's got like seven targets in the last two games combined. I think he's got three of them. So hmm. I I can't start Larry. Okay. Um, he uh, BMAC, do you believe that this 49ers defense is legit, and how will it travel to Arizona on a Thursday night? Because the line is plus 10, is it's four, or 49ers minus 10. And I find myself looking at the matchup and thinking there's no way the 49ers don't cover. But then everybody thinks the 49ers will cover, and it's very rare when the thing that everybody thinks will happen actually happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's a scary thing because usually, you know, the total opposite happens when the public all decide to go one direction. I can say this, though, Will. That front, the depth they have, the energy they play with makes that defense elite. And at the second level with the linebackers and the third level with the secondary, they're able to benefit from the success of the front because most of these quarterbacks, they're forced to throw the football when they're not ready to and prepared to, and that usually causes turnovers. And because you can get pressure on a quarterback with only rushing, rushing only four guys, I mean, now you got seven guys in coverage. That's similar to what Seattle used to do. They actually had the same blueprint as the Seattle Seahawks during their Super Bowl runs as far as playing a generic zone-like coverage. But it's almost like you're blitzing because the quarterback has to – he's forced to throw the football. And uh, this matchup against Arizona, I mean, one thing about Arizona offense, in between the 20s, they can move the football. But in the red area, they struggle. They've been struggling all year long. And Gonzalez is the kicker I wish I had in my lineup because he's been cashing in big time because they can't score <laughs> touchdowns. And they can't protect Murray. Murray is running for his life, and he's avoiding sacks. But pressure has been in his face more so than not throughout this season. So I like this matchup for the San Francisco 49ers defense, and I like their defense going forward because there's a good chance they could have home field advantage in the playoffs. And if they do, Look out. Heath, would you rather have the 49ers defense or the, or the Patriots defense in fantasy for the rest of the year? Ooh, for the rest of the year, I'd probably – no, I'm going to take the 49ers. Yeah, me too. I would too. Like, I like the 49ers better for sure this week, and I know the Patriots still have the Chiefs on the schedule, and Patrick Mahomes will be back for that game. I think the 49ers will have more good matchups. Uh, I'll, I'll take them. Okay. Uh, let's do a quick check-in on some uh... – some various people around the fantasy world, Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell, get the Dolphins this week, and yet, Heath, I find myself not interested. I actually dropped Sam Darnold for Daniel Jones, which I don't know how great I feel about, but I don't trust Sam Darnold's thumb. I don't trust Adam Gase, um, and I certainly don't trust him, anyone who tries to trade me Le'Veon Bell in a dynasty league, he said, hypothetically speaking, Dave Richard. Yeah, <laughs> I... I feel better about Bell this week and moving forward than I do any other Jets. Sure. Uh, this is once again, and it's been a problem with Adam Gase for the last few years, and he talks as if it's not intentional. But every year you look and his offense ranks amongst the lowest in terms of total plays run. They play slow. They are not like they've, they're one in seven and they've got a 55% pass rate. So what are they going to do if they have a lead against the Dolphins? They're not going to pass at all. And I think Darnold, like there are two quarterbacks who have not had great days against the Dolphins, Case Keenum and Mason Rudolph. Mm. I, Sam Darnold, to this point in his career, is a worse quarterback than Case Keenum. 
There's sure. no, there's no disputing that. Like I think Sam Darnold will be better than Case Keenum at some point. I hope, but he is not as good as him right now. Nope, he's not. And I, so I don't feel comfortable streaming Darnold. There's, I'd rather stream Derek Carr. I'd rather, I agree with you. I'd rather have Daniel Jones this week and moving forward. I would rather use Matt Moore. If if Patrick Mahomes is out, then Sam Darnold this week. Wow, Matt Moore against the Vikings over Sam Darnold against the, the Dolphins Vikings have been a little leaky at times against the pass. They've given up some. Yes, big they games. have. Yes, they have. Ooh. They are on the road. Xavier Rhodes, yeah, certainly cannot cover Tyreek Hill. He couldn't cover Terry McLaurin when Case Keenum was in. Yeah, and yeah, good point. He Case Keenum has has some success. Against the Vikings defense before he went out with that injury. Now they they didn't even get a chance to score any points. The defense stiffened up in the red area, but he was able to move the ball. What do you think about Xavier Rhodes and what he's sort of happened to him this year, BMAC? Because I mean, it's not <clears throat> great. Um, what's happened to him? You know what? It's it's crazy, right? Because it's almost like two years ago he was in that conversation as one of the top corners yeah. in the game, and now. You know, he's been a bit inconsistent. You know, he's getting a lot of penalties. And I think mentally, I think he's I think a change of scenery would be good for him. I'm surprised, you know, that they didn't consider potentially trying to trade him because you look at what they have on their roster outside of Xavier Rosewell. They got two first rounders at the cornerback position Mm -hmm. and Trey Waynes and and, and Hughes uh, from UCF. And many believe those two guys could be the future. So I'm surprised, you know, he wasn't his, Xavier Rose's name was not mentioned in a lot of conversations right before the trade deadline because he's not playing up to the level in which we know he could play. Hmm. Now, I don't know if he's injured or something, but he's not looking he's not looking like the same guy that we've seen in years past. Okay. Uh elsewhere in names to any other interviewer to worry about. Um Matthew Stafford, top five fantasy quarterback, Heath. Yep. Rest, rest of the season. They don't have a run game anymore. They sure don't. Which is something I love for Matthew Stafford. And their defense isn't very good either, which is another good thing. And he has three good wide receivers and a tight end that I expect to be better than he's been so far this season. I love this week's matchup against the Raiders. There may be some matchups down the road that we have to sit Stafford, but mostly I'm just treating him like a starting quarterback. Yeah, and I don't know that the – Bears and Vikings, or even the Packers, who previously were kind of scary as bad matchups, are that scary against the the Lions? Like worst case is they're down, he's chunking the ball. I, he kind of reminds me Heath of um, maybe a lower volume. So I mean, when I say poor man's, I don't mean I don't mean that disparagingly, but like a poor man's Matt Ryan from last year. Like he's just gonna have to throw. There's not going to be any sort of run game to worry about. Or uh, Matt Ryan from this year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. 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 Minus the injuries and the poor play. Uh, Jameis Winston and Derek Carr, QB ones. I feel better about Carr. Winston haunts me. Um, I don't. Is he? Know. Your, is Jameis Winston your white whale? Maybe. Maybe. I have been so all in on Jameis Winston at times, and so irritated by him at times. He's more like, like a a, a teenage son. I, I still really like him. I think he can be really, really good, but he, he makes too many stupid decisions right now. Did you, have you guys seen this, uh, faux controversy thing about the, um, about the, the Twitter account that is like Jameis one for one is the uh, Twitter handle. 
and like dirty sports, which you know, remember dirty sports from like back in the day, but they like claim to uncover proof that the guy running this Twitter handle is actually GM Jason Light, that it's like that, uh, that 76ers burner account situation. And like no. this, but this guy just runs around the internet, like standing up for Jameis Winston. I think he was on Brian Colangelo. That's right. Diva. Yeah. It's like a, like a GM, like running a Twitter account, but. I apparently somebody has disproved it. That was like a hot thing for an hour on Wednesday morning is that Jason Light had a burner Twitter account with like 1500 followers and he just harasses media members. It, it's, it's rather insane. Um, I also thought it might have been Heath for a minute, but I, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about him. Second straight road game making the longest road trip possible that doesn't include London in the NFL. That is the longest. Good call. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Miami would be longer. Dang it. Hmm. But you know what? You might have to lay over in Tampa Bay because no one flies direct out of Tampa Bay. <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't think a professional football team is laying over out of, t- out of Tampa Bay. Uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, BMAC, if you, um, OJ Howard, huge disappointment. You, uh, you think, uh, Cameron Brait viable at all? I think so. I think even, you know, when OJ was clearly in a rotation, it seems like James had a better relationship with Cameron than OJ. True. And I, I thought OJ could be moved as well. And I, I don't know what's going on with OJ. I think me giving OJ a shot because I did pick him up at one point in time throughout the season because I needed some uh, help at the at the tight end position. I'm done. I ride with Cameron every day of the week before giving OJ another chance. Uh, what about Eagles opportunities? Beam, uh, I was going to say Debo. Um, the uh, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. What are you doing with that, Heath? Uh, additionally, Miles Sanders, great run against Buffalo, promptly got hurt. Uh, how are you handling the Eagles skill position guys in terms of wide receivers? I mean, in terms of tight ends and running backs moving forward. I'm still starting Zach Ertz. I'm fine streaming Dallas Goddard as well. Um, I do think like the targets have been pretty even. I hope that doesn't continue, but even if it does, I expect Ertz's production will be better than it's been the last three weeks. Like we've been terrified of Ertz because he's only getting six targets per game now. Like, we've got five tight end streamers in our top 12 this week, and we'll be thrilled if any of them get six targets. The position is so, just a wasteland. It's absolutely awful. I, I'm okay with Alshon as a low-end starter and kind of feel the same about Jordan Howard. I would like to see more from Miles Sanders, but he's hurt right now. I didn't practice on Wednesday. Even if he plays, I'm not going to feel confident in the number of touches he's getting. Hey, I agree. You know what, I, you know what I've got? So I'm in this league with Tom Fernelli. And Tom is a very um, hands-on commissioner, and I mean that in, in a positive way. Like Tom is, Tom is dedicated to making. Like he sends out a note every Thursday that's like, "Hey, these two teams are playing. Make sure you set your lineups." Yada yada. He listens when you when you offer possible changes to rules. He likes to make sure that the the league is per, twe- uh, tweaked perfectly to make it you know the best possible league. And um, there's no tight end position in this league. There's uh, two running backs, two wide receivers. Two flexes and then a wide receiver tight slash tight end position. What do you think about that? That's not bad. Get rid of tight ends, basically. Like you can't. Like I start Evan Ingram in my lineup every week because he's you know puts up points. It's a deep league. Yeah, um, I I kind of like the challenge of having to use a tight end. I don't sure. think it will be this bad next year, but um, I, I I I really like different rules. Yes. For individual leagues, but like as a rule, I think we should keep playing tight ends in most of our leagues. Okay. You can just say Tom Fernelli's a fool. It's fine. Uh, would you rather have 
Fornelli is definitely a fool, but I think this is not <laughs> one of the reasons that leads me to believe that. Would you rather start Devontae Parker or Dallas Goddard this week? I'll go with Devontae Parker. I actually like him as a top 30 wide receiver. He's got at least 11 PPR points in four straight games. He's Fitzpatrick's favorite wide receiver. And I think the Dolphins hang with the Jets, maybe even beat them. Mm. I do too. Okay. Yep. Um, BMAC, did Juju Smith-Schuster, speaking of teams that almost beat the, uh, speaking of teams that Dolphins almost beat, how, how, what was your panic level at 14 nothing Dolphins on Monday night? I mean, Coach Dick LaVoyce always tell us a bad team will find a way to lose a ball game. <laughs> and I felt like the Steelers, you know, I was more concerned about the Steelers covering. You know, that's actually the, cover. the Chargers have that up on their stadium. Up, like when you, you know, like when you walk into the, you walk into Notre Dame, it says like play like a champion today. The Chargers yes. have the same thing, but it says a bad team will always find a way to lose a football game. They all slap they that. Should. They all slap that on the way in. They should remove that because I, I, it, it yeah. seems like they're the bad team that's losing ball games at home, and, and, and then the yeah. visiting team. Anyway, uh, yeah, but yeah. but but did you guys see that uh, that NFL meme with the Miami Dolphins players in a huddle? And it was like, okay, guys, we 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 we've shown them that we can win. Let's go back to tanking. <laughs> and, it, and 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 honestly, what changed that game? Was the Deontay Johnson touchdown when it was third and 20 and they just blitzed everybody and allowed the middle of the field to just be wide open. And seeing that play call is like, what are you doing? It didn't make any sense. And but that like, was the, but the team, snowball effect for the re- teams do that occasionally, right? Like blitz cover, like cover zero on, on third and long. I mean, it's not a, like you want to have a sturdy back end if you're going to do it and the Dolphins don't have that. Like the Patriots do it sometimes, but like you didn't think that was like them actually trying to let the Steelers score, right? No, that basically proves my point about a bad team will find a way to lose a ball game because the communication was not uh, strong on the back end. They basically ran a quick underneath concept. Uh, Howard, I think it was, got picked by the number two route runner, and it was open field. And so, so to answer your question, I wasn't concerned about the Steelers winning. I felt like they would win, but I was more concerned about them covering. Of course, they didn't cover. Mm. What uh, What do you think about Juju's resurgence, Juju Smith-Schuster's resurgence? Over 100 yards and a touchdown. Thank you, football gods. Uh, with Mason Rudolph under center, are you confident with him moving forward, BMAC? I think Juju can, uh, can give those type of numbers. Uh, he clearly is the number one target there, and Mason is targeting him a lot. But one play you need to monitor is Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I think he's starting to really show up big time in the offensive philosophy because a lot of teams are di- directing a lot of attention to Juju. Now, you know, I'm not saying that he, he should be a wide receiver too or even in your flex position, but if you're in a, if you're in a situation like Heath currently is where half his entire team is on a bye week and you need help at the wide receiver position or you need help at the flex position, I mean, Deontay Johnson could be a nice name that and under-the-radar name that could provide some type of production. That's uh, exactly right, and I'm going to do a will thing now because that quote from BMAC reminded me of one of my favorite quotes of all time, and so now I'm going to read one of my favorite quotes of all time. Good. That was the way. That was always the thing I felt about the Raiders and why I felt we could always beat them is if you just go out and do your job, and you do it and commit yourself to doing it for the entire contest, regardless how much time that is. Go finish the thing. They would find a way. I would always tell our <laughs> if you just hang in there with the Raiders, they will find a way in the end to lose themselves. Ouch. Is that uh, Herm Edwards? 
That is uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, yeah. There you go. Good old Marty. Marty Ball. Marty Ball. <laughs> Love Marty Ball. Um, would you guys rather start – we mentioned the Jets before. Would you rather start Robbie Anderson this week or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. I will go with Robbie Anderson, but they're both like there's that's a good comparison because I think that's kind of the range Robbie Anderson's in this week. Would you rather have Mike Williams or those two guys? I'll still go Robbie. Okay. Um Robbie feels that he's Robbie's very boomer bust. Oh, for sure. All those guys all these guys are. Yeah. Like I have no confidence in what Mike Williams is going to give me on a week to week basis. No, I mean he dropped a very easy touchdown against the Bears. Packers have been yes, a little leaky did. on on past though. Um, I mean, cause look, people have, I mean, you got Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, uh, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, all these guys are on buy. So wide receivers are very, is a wide receiver replacements are a premium, uh, position this week. Let's get to some Facebook questions. Jacob Elsner says he picked up Jalen Samuels on waivers this morning. Good job, Jacob. Should I start him over LaShawn McCoy this week in eight team non PPR format? Also, Start Juju or Michael Gallup, same format. Go ahead, BMAC. JCM uh, or LaShawn the, McCoy and Juju or Michael Gallup. I like the matchup for Michael Gallup, but Juju is a must start. Um, we just talked about some of the success he just had. Playing against the Coast secondary, they, they don't really scare you. So, yes, I'll go Juju uh, with that. What was the other question he had? Uh, it was uh, JCM or LaShawn McCoy. I think it can probably comes down to James Conner. James Conner plays. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to wait and see exactly. If you have the luxury of waiting to see what's the status of James Conner, because if James Conner is not able to go, I know Samuels was dealing with a little injury as well. Mm. Um, they just came but, back from a torn meniscus surgery. Like the Steelers don't have any running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Which was confusing to me because James Conner shouldn't have been in that ball game with a little over two minutes to go with a 13 point lead in Miami having no timeouts. And that's where he got injured. So at, right now, if I had to answer that question, I go with the healthier guy in LaShawn McCoy um, because you don't know the status of Samuels and if he's able to participate for four quarters. Totally depends on if Connor plays. I, I do want to say that I'm glad that BMAC is a former Steeler because you said J. Sam like seven times, and I had no idea who you were talking about. I said J. Sam or he said <laughs> J. J. Sam? You did. You called oh, him J. Sam. That's his nickname. Jalen Samuels. Who knows that? Anybody who went to NC State or or he's an NC State guy. (laughs) I know. I I know. know. Like there's like this small little uh, Venn diagram of Steelers (laughs) diehards and NC State guys that might know that. I had you. You kept saying Jay Sam. I'm like, I hope he doesn't ask me because I have no clue who Jay Sam is. I'm gonna look like an idiot. By the way, this I just noticed this in one of my. um, Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. and I'm not going to name the person who did it because he's related to me and he'll, he'll get mad at me and he can, you know, punish me as a kid since he's my dad. Um, but he dropped David Johnson in one of his, in one of our leagues. Whoops, dad. Why'd you do that? Did he drop him for J Sam? Uh, no, I think he dropped him for a backup kicker. I'm just saying like, this is, this is like, I, I always remember Heath. I always, I, I picked up sort of this trick from Heath. And I mean, like I always, you know, kind of monitored guys who got dropped, but like, you should, and you can do it easily in your league feed on your mobile device on your CBS Sports app, but always go check out your league feed and look at the waiver report and look at the list of guys who got dropped because this is a big week for it. Cause like if somebody, I mean, I'm not saying somebody's dropping Michael Thomas, but like somebody might drop David Johnson if they, if they have to, I mean, you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Like that's an extreme version, right? But I mean, David David Johnson can be out multiple weeks. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe. I'm trying to justify it for pops here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that he's going to come back next week. He was at practice on Wednesday, so yeah, it's not not good. Well, you know what? In this league, I didn't actually claim anybody on purpose. I was hoping somebody would make a mistake and drop somebody good. So thanks, Dad. Um, moved right up the top of the waiver list. Okay, next item. Does Drew Brees become a starter? This is from Orbarak. Does Drew Brees become a, I assume he means a fantasy starter after the bye, or are we still cautious after a not so great end to last year and coming off an injury? Uh, I believe that Drew Brees has the Falcons after the bye. So yes, I will answer this for everybody. He becomes a starter. Rodrigo Munez, unless, feel free to disagree, but I think that's pretty odd, right? I mean, Falcons twice yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PPR. What could I get for Hooper or Ingram? Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram. Could also package one with Juju, uh, or Mike W. Uh, you know, that's too vague. We'll, I'll answer that on, on Facebook. Um, Cedric Tlaib Morton says Kyler Murray versus San Francisco or Darnold at Miami. That's a good one. I've got Darnold one spot ahead of Kyler Murray in six point per pass touchdown leagues. If it's just four points per pass touchdown, I'll actually take Kyler. Wow. What do you think, B-Mac? Yeah, I'm right there with Heath. I agree. It's, it's... Okay. Uh, Garrett Meats asks, I have Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson in one of my leagues. Rough problem to have. Right now I'm pretty weak at receiver, <laughs> only having Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Robert Woods, Demarius Thomas, and now Josh Reynolds. That is weak. Should I try trading Lamar or Russ for a wide receiver? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. And I would trade Russ? But I'd, I'd, be, rather, I'd rather have Lamar. Yeah, but yeah, and also, um, yeah, yeah. I think the the biggest issue with me would be Lamar just he's coming off his bye. Russ still has his bye, right? I think it's what week eleven. Yeah, week yes, that is correct. I think that would be the deciding factor in which quarterback to trade. I think you want to have a quarterback that you know is going to be riding with you for the remainder of the season. And Lamar already has a, already had his buy. So I'll go Lamar Jackson also and trade Russ. You can get great value for Russ Wilson right now. For sure. I would say this. If, um, if you can get like a stud wide receiver who's a buy low, um, like if you could, uh, and, and like the guy who you're trading with is demanding Lamar Jackson, I'd be fine trading Lamar and, and just riding with Russ and then streaming through his bye week. Uh, one more. T.Y. Hilton has teetered in the wide receiver two flex area since the beginning of the season. His production is only trending down. Is there any value left in T.Y. Hilton, Heath? I still expect he's going to be a weekly starter as a wide receiver two. It's, I'm not as, con- like, the way he's performed has actually been better than that in most weeks because of the touchdowns. Hmm. But he's a different type of receiver with Jacoby Brissett. Not as many shots downfield. So he's, he's a mid-range number two. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll break down some DFS. BMAC, we'll say adieu. Always a pleasure, yes, buddy. Sir. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Have a good day. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To talk some DFS top quarterback play this week. Oh, it's got to be Jameis Winston, right, Heath? No, I'm just kidding. Not Jameis Winston. It, the beginning of the week, it was Russell Wilson because of his matchup against Jameis Winston's defense. But there's a problem this week in DFS, and it's the tightness of the pricing. Mm. Uh, everybody, like every week, I can generally find two or three guys at each position that I'm projecting for three times value at, at worst, and may, maybe even better. This week, there are none of those guys. And so I've actually dropped down a level. Matthew Stafford will be the top quarterback play for the week. Saves you a little money on both sides. And I think has just as much upside. I like it. Stafford, again, the thing I would worry about Russell Wilson too, by the way, is that like the Buccaneers beg you to throw the ball and funnel, you know, it's a funnel defense. That's the hot new phrase and, um, that everybody likes to talk about. But, uh, I would be worried that, the um that they will try to run the ball against the Buccaneers defense anyway, even though that makes no sense. Do you agree? It sounds like something uh Brian, Brian Schottenheimer Schott- would do. It really does, doesn't it? Um okay. I, I love Matthew Matthew Stafford's resurgence is one of my favorite things. And you're right, you can save three thousand dollars off Russell Wilson, who's the most expensive on DraftKings. Who's your top contrarian quarterback? I'm going with Matt Moore. Against a Vikings defense that I think is okay, but but not overpowering. And listen, Matt Moore's played basically six and a half quarters so far this season against the Broncos and Packers and put up like 32 fantasy points, and he's dirt cheap. Then you can play some of those other high-priced guys at the other positions. So I, I'm going with Moore. Man, the um, the buys this week as well as the slate have made things difficult to deal with. Well, that's why like when we get to running back – at most positions, four of my top six, five of my top eight are not available on this slate. Right. So I'm just going to play the guy that's projected to score more fantasy points than anyone else, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, you like him over Dalvin Cook this week? I do like him over Dalvin Cook this week. It's If you looked actually at what he's done so far, like in terms of fantasy points, he is averaging 29 – like someone – tweeted at me and said, you've got Christian McCaffrey projected for almost 30 fantasy points this week. That seems absurd. I said, it does seem absurd. What's more absurd is that he's averaging 29.8 fantasy points per game, and he's had two games against the best run defense in football. That's a good point. So what happens if he, I mean, like he's basically at his average. So 30 points is not even crazy. It's not even remotely crazy. If the Vikings gave Dalvin Cook the same percentage of the running back touches, that the Panthers do Christian McCaffrey, then Cook would be well ahead of McCaffrey because I think he'll be more efficient against a bad Chiefs run defense. But we know Alexander Madison's going to take 8 to 12 carries right. off Cook's plate, which is probably a smart thing. Um, sure. I'll go with McCaffrey. Okay. Um, what percent do you think he's owned in cash versus Dalvin Cook owned in cash? I would assume that Dalvin Cook is... 20% more owned than Christian McCaffrey. Wow. 
So McCaffrey's actually – McCaffrey's a little dinged up. The matchup looks harder when you glance at it. He's more expensive. So maybe he's a high-end contrarian play. Uh, he is yeah, certainly he, – He was contrarian last week. He was like 14%. Wow. Uh, in tournaments. I, I think it will probably be higher than that, but not much. I guess I, I don't mean – I don't mean contrarian. I mean that maybe there's yeah, value. You can get value from him versus Dalvin Cook, and he is your top running back play. Yep. Easy to explain why. Who's your contrarian running back play? I'm going with Mark Walton. Mm. And we've had some spirited debates already on Fantasy Football Today this week about Mark Walton and whether it's wise to play a Dolphins running back. But I don't think this Jets defense is very good. They've traded away Leonard Williams. They're not going to have C.J. Mosley. And Walton is the only Dolphins running back that's averaged better than four yards per carry. He had 11 carries to Kalen Balazs' three in their most recent game without Kenyon Drake, he saw six targets in that game. Mm. I've got Mark Walton ranked as the top 24 running back just in redraft leagues. I'm saying start him, and he's dirt cheap in, in DFS, so I'm going to play him. Wow. Okay. Would you start uh, Mark Walton or Ronald Jones? Mark Walton. Really? I mean, I guess Ronald Jones just sort of sucks. And who knows? He might get five carries. Yeah. Um, you would definitely start Mark Walton over... Miles Sanders. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know if Miles Sanders is going to play. Man, that's crazy. What a world we live in. Feed the Dolphins guy. Uh, top wide receiver, top wide receiver play from the Panthers. What? DJ Moore. He is, I, there's so few players on this slate. When I was talking about the tight pricing that you look at and you're just like, well, why is he so cheap? Hmm. And DJ Moore, while he didn't produce a lot of fantasy points in their most recent game, has been a pretty consistent PPR high floor guy. I don't think he's just never going to score touchdowns. He really hasn't through his first season and a half, but I do expect that touchdown regression is going to catch up to him a little bit. And he allows you the ability to play the more high price guys. Does it hurt your soul that you won't be able to play Tyler Boyd for the rest of the year because he's catching passes from Ryan Finley and he's on a buy this week? I'm just thinking with Larry Fitzgerald and Tyler Boyd both eliminated from the main slate, this is probably going to be my most profitable week of the season. That's right. You'll finally make, finally make a bunch of money, right? Because you don't, you don't get suckered by those guys. Uh, who's your top contrarian play at wide receiver? And again, we don't really know ownership at this point, but I like John Brown a lot against Washington. And I don't think, because he hasn't had, again, kind of like DJ Moore, he hasn't had the boom weeks that we would expect. And I think he could get one this week against Washington. Mm. I mean, throw, hit some deep passes, Josh Allen, for crying out loud. Uh, top tight end play, my man, Hunter Henry. Love it. Going right back to him. I thought you hated all the Chargers. But, yeah, I'm going right back to Hunter Henry after a disappointing performance last week. I like Hunter Henry. Have you, uh, by the way, have you seen uh, Philip Rivers' mustache? It's fantastic. Is it? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I've never. I can't think of a mustache that I've seen that I thought, man, that's a bad mustache. Rivers mustache cool. is a, um, is a man you should have grown a beard first and then shaved it into a mustache mustache. It's developing. <laughs> yeah, it's developing. All right. Developing into I, a little. I wonder who he's trying. Like, I assume he's doing this because of Halloween and he's going to be someone with his 11 kids. I would um, assume so. I don't know who he would be though. Are you going to be 
Were you, do you have a mustache as people are listening to this right now? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I'm just going to stick with the beard. I like the beard. I thought you were going dressing as Gardner Minshew for Halloween. Yeah, that got shot down by uh, my wife, who said that I'm not going to walk around, quote, you're not going to walk around the neighborhood in a mustache and jorts asking for candy with 50 kids, 50,000 kids swarming around. It's just not happening, end quote. See, that's where our wives are different, because I still have my mustache because my wife wants me to be Hopper for Halloween. Wait, who's Hopper? From Stranger Things. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Oh, that, okay, that's a good costume. Yeah, so I've got a Hawaiian shirt and uh Is she gonna be, be uh um uh Winona Ryder? Is it Winona Ryder? Yes, she is. Okay. Uh not sure which of Winona Ryder's characters she's going to be, but I think she's gonna play like a variety of them. <laughs> um Have you watched then, all of Stranger Things, by the way? Yes. Okay. I think I petered out somewhere in the, like the beginning of the third season. I can't remember. I don't really know why. Finish it, but this all started because my 10 year old is going to be a Demogorgon. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, my five year old is going to be, uh, the villain from PJ Mask, Romeo. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like it. He's like, he's like, uh, we're like, do you want to be Catboy or Gecko? He's like, no, I want to be Romeo. We're like, you're a villain. Didn't see that coming. Love it. All right. I did Zig. You're a, con- he's a contrarian. He don't want to be the, don't want to be cat boy. He wants to be Romeo. His dad should be a villain and go as Gardner Minshew. I, I should, I should be. Uh, by the way, he, so he went to his Halloween party at school today or on Wednesday and he gets to school and there's another boy dressed up as Gecko. It was a little awkward. It's like, like <laughs> <laughs> the hero and the villain. A little weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be Night Ninja, which involves just a very simple mask. Bearded Night Ninja. Bearded Night Ninja. Yeah. Well, I, you have to have, Pick a character that carries some type of cup around. Like I'm going to have yeah. a coffee cup that says the name of. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, but coffee. Hopper, Hopper's always carrying like a coffee cup full of booze. Yes, this will be a coffee cup full of booze. Yeah, I mean we're not dry. We're not in a driving situation. It's a walking situation, so we're yeah. There will be <laughs> there will be booze. Um, yeah, it's Thursday night. What are we, actually, you know what? I got a podcast. I don't know if. Uh, uh, as far as you know, there won't be that much booze. You're going to pretend like there's not going to be booze now? There's no booze. Yeah. You'd never. Unlike a normal Thursday night, there won't be booze. <laughs> Wait, I think I said that wrong. Anyway, uh, who's your top, uh, your tight end contrarian play? I'll go right back to John o. Smith, who did see a price bump because of his good performance. Now it doesn't look like that big of a value. I still expect him to be, uh, fantastic. I love John o. Smith. Like, I, yeah, he's, I don't know he, why I like him so much. Delaney Walker should go away. Yeah, I mean, you feel bad. Delaney Walker's awesome. He's been great for them, but yeah, you know, just rest the old, rest the old legs and see if John Smith can carry you. Okay, uh, last we talked, I believe I had a giant box of beer, um, in my, I don't think we've spoken since that beer arrived, right? I've drank a lot of that beer somehow. I have drank a lot of that. I was <laughs> looking today, I was like, there's not very much of that beer. So Brewdog, Brewdog, the wonderful folks at Brewdog, James Marks podcast listener, uh, we love him, sent, sent us a, a beer care package. Um, yeah, I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, did we not, did Heath and I not talk last week? Cause I, a lot of that beer is gone. Like I shouldn't have drank that much beer in the span of a week. I did go down to the beach with my in-laws and so I took a big cooler full of like, uh, Hazy Jane. Which is in sixteen ounce cans. It's fantastic. Uh, highly recommend it. What else did you like out of that package? Well, the Hazy Jane is like the thing that I can just like. I don't even know how to put it in words. I love the Hazy Jane. Yeah, it's real good. There were some new things this week though that I really enjoyed. I liked the uh, Vermont Vampire. Yeah, 
a lot. Really enjoyed Jackhammer. The, the, the Jackhammer IPA, and it's a tw- it's a twelve ounce can. It's fantastic. I mean, it's crisp, and like I was a little worried because sometimes you know, like you, you start. I tend to think that people name beers after what it's going to, you know, similar to what it's going to taste like, right? Uh, and you hear Jackhammer, and you're like, you're a little worried it's going to be like hop heavy and just over the top. It's very smooth for like a seven point five ABV. I think my favorite though was probably uh, Zombie Cake. Zombie Cake was the porter, right? Yes. Yeah. The uh, it was like it, but it wasn't too desserty. No, and uh, you know what? I don't really like um, generally a, a lot of sours. Yeah. But that cosmic crushed cherry. Mm. I haven't. I haven't. Extremely well done. I haven't tried the sours yet. My buddy Garrett is a big sours fan, so I was going to split one with him the next time we hang out. But yeah, I mean, I think that um, uh, by and large. Pretty outstanding little package we got there. I take it back. The Vermont Vampire was my favorite. That's more the, people, more people should make black IPAs. I'm not a huge black IPA fan because I just think, but I, but I'm not surprised that you are a massive black IPA fan. Being that it's, you know, you like the darker beer, you like the IPA, blends it together. I just feel like you lose the, the, the hoppiness and the, the sort of the fruity flavor sometimes. It's, it's my favorite style of beer. Okay. Really? Wow. Um, all right. That's it. That's the show. We're done. Heath, always a pleasure. We will uh, talk next week, buddy. Later. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.